Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. everybody welcome back to the mid-american bandwagon podcast episode 89 coming at you live this week a little look back at the week that was in uh, march madness and some tournament basketball got some baseball on the menu again here this week we stepped away for uh, for the last couple of shows to focus on uh, everything that was going on with the conference tournaments and with march madness but now that uh, a lot of that is in the rear view we got some time to talk uh, some baseball tonight as well Vansy, my man, your, your your Wolverines are in the Sweet 16, so I'm thinking you're doing okay up there. How are you? Oh, I'm doing good. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I'm an Eastern fan by, you know, being an alum and all that. Um, but I was born into the Michigan basketball, you know, fanhood. I was born at the U of M Hospital. Uh, me and my dad, I mean, back, you know, several years ago when Michigan was in the NIT, Tommy Amaker shot out there. Um, we would go and watch the NIT games at Chrysler. So I'm a big Michigan fan, loving it, uh, really enjoying the uh, the opportunity to watch them playing this deep into uh, the postseason. And uh, and for you there in Penn State country, you know, uh, spring football is coming around the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about all we have to look forward to now. These parts. It's crazy though, Vance. You know, real quick before we get into the Mac stuff, you know. Watching, uh, watching. Uh, first of all, Michigan obviously a little bit of a controversial one of the you know the last couple of teams to get into the dance there with an at large bid, and man, watching that first half of their game last Thursday against Colorado State, I was like, man, th- this might get ugly for the Wolverines. And then that second half, and and then even you know they carried it into Saturday as well. That was a completely different team. Yeah, and I, I mean the, the potential's been there the whole season. Highly ranked at the start of the season, a lot of highly regarded pieces it just hasn't come together and I think you're starting to you saw it down the stretch or did win a game that they shouldn't win and then they would lose a game and you know just couldn't put it together the fact that they have a win streak now is amazing um, Villanova is going to be a tough opponent for them uh, you know I think everyone in these parts remembers the Dante DiVincenzo national championship game uh, Villanova against, you know, Franz Wagner or not Franz Wagner, Mo Wagner back then mm-hmm. in uh, the Wolverine. So definitely, uh, you know, Villanova can be a tough task and uh, man, I, I really, you know, I, I keep looking at my bank account and it, maybe it's the fool in me, but I've been, you know, saving some money aside just in case I get a chance to buy some final four apparel. There you go. Yeah. You can, I mean, Hey, that's, you, you got to do those type of things. Um, certainly. And, and man, I am, I am jealous of you for that. I'm waiting for the day whenever I, I can, uh, whenever I can spend some money on some Penn state, I would, I would take an NCAA tournament t-shirt at this point. I really would. Uh, but so I don't know, we'll, we'll see what happens here in these next couple of years with Micah Shrewsbury, but anyway, we're not here to talk well, about the big 10. Oh, sorry. Go isn't ahead. Like, isn't like a Penn state, you know, like apparel, isn't like a plain white tee, like, you know, like officially licensed Penn state apparel. It seems like, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, they, they, they find a way to suck money out of everything. So I wouldn't be surprised if they found a way to, to, to get it out of plain white t-shirts as well. So yeah, you're, you're probably not too far off there, Vansy. 
let's uh let's let's get into it here though, Vansy. We got um we got uh, a lot to get to here this week, and and wanted to start off with a uh, with a story not related to either of of the the men's or the women's basketball tournaments here. And uh, story that I I, I want to say I was maybe a little bit surprised, not exactly by this happening, but maybe by the the, the timing of it. And this was uh, just yesterday came out, or actually earlier today, uh, recording here on Wednesday, March twenty third. Uh, Miami, Ohio has uh, officially parted ways with uh, men's basketball coach Jack Owens after five seasons. Owens uh, owned a seventy and eighty three record overall. Uh, at Miami, a 37 and 54 record in the MAC, uh, including an eight and 12 record in the MAC this year, came in seventh. They did qualify for the conference tournament, but didn't last long. Lost to Kent State in the first round. Vansy, you know this is an interesting scenario here because Miami is traditionally, I mean, a very, very proud basketball program. Most people think of Miami as a football school nowadays, but you look in the, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, this was one of the best teams in the MAC in terms of men's basketball. 12 NCAA up tournament appearances from 1966 to 1999. So 12 appearances in 33 years. That's a pretty successful stretch for a team in a conference like the MAC where you're only getting one bid a year. That included that magical sweet 16 run in 1999 with Wally Zerbiak. But since then, since 1999, for these last 23 years, only one tournament appearance, uh, two NIT appearances. It's really been a, a tough couple of decades for, uh, for for the Red Hawks. And, you know, Jack Owens came in. You know, this was not a program that was necessarily, um, you know, blowing the doors off of people when he came in. I mean, in the in the three years before he uh, was hired, 13 and 20, 13 and 19, 13 and 18, never more than eight wins in a season in the MAC. So it's not as if Miami was was uh, humming along at a very high level before Jack Owens got there. But even you know, there there was some good uh, for for Jack Owens over these five years. They got to the CBI one year, you know, uh, one one eight or more MAC games in three occasions. It's just similar to what we were talking about with James Whitford last week at Ball State. It just it just started to feel very mediocre for the Red Hawks, right? Where they were never at the bottom of the conference. They were never in the, you know, they were never one of the worst, you know, three or four teams, but they were also never a serious challenger for, for a MAC championship in his five years. And I think in a in a conference like the MAC, or just in Division One athletics in general, being in that kind of limbo where you're not great but you're not terrible that's not a place where anyone really wants to be yeah and when you mentioned some of the glory days of Miami basketball that was with the late great Charlie Coles on the sideline and uh you know I mean that's just kind of the dream you know the dream coach kind of like uh, Eastern Michigan with Ben Braun and those really only come along once in a lifetime it, it seems um, you know, so it, it is tough to ever get back to that standard or to replace that. Um, you know, I think we were kind of bullish on Miami. We saw some things throughout the season that we liked. We also saw some problems. Um, you know, they they had some guys who had transferred out of there. Uh, Nike, uh, Nike, uh, Nike Sabande, um, yeah. who I believe went to Pitt a couple of years ago, was a tremendous player. He transferred out. Um, you know, they couldn't keep the good talent in and really no max school can right now. Um, I thought Jack Owens would figure it out. Uh, but I think the big thing is, and you kind of alluded to it, the word that I thought of was apathy. Mm. You know, you look at their arena and there's not much to do in Oxford, Ohio, 
um, you know, so there's sports, you know, I mean, you know, it's got a great bar scene, all that, but you take a look at the previous fan support and there really just wasn't any anymore. And I think if you're there, you're looking at Dayton, you're looking at Cincinnati, you're looking at Ohio, the rival and the support that they're getting. Um, and I think that's kind of the goal. And I just, I don't think you could ignore uh, the empty arena anymore. Now there's some rumors out there that they're going to target uh, the the outgoing Akron head coach Travis Steele, uh, you know, seventy and fifty um, in his time at at uh, at Xavier, um, you know. So obviously there, you know, Xavier is a tougher place to coach, and then he had a tremendous amount of success there, and I, it it feels like that would be a home run hire. Uh, it feels like that would be something that you could kind of put on the uh, the John Gross, you know, type of uh, pedestal if that comes true. Um, also heard Dean Fife's name mentioned. He's not going to return to Indiana IU with Mike Woodson. Um, I would think he'd be in play for the ball state job. Mm. Um, really, I mean, well, it'll be interesting to see, but these coaching searches right now in the Mac are going tremendously slow. You know, we're not, we're not hearing much at all, um, coming out and maybe after March, they'll pick up, you know, after March madness, but, uh, you know, at, uh, I guess it'll give us something to talk about for a later podcast. Um, but it really, the timing of this Jack Owens firing just really seemed odd to me. You know, their season's been done for, you know, about a week, a week plus, and now you make the move. And, and I think that does mean something that Travis Steele being at Xavier probably doesn't even have to sell his family home. I think that might've had something to do with it. Yeah, certainly. The, the, the timing is a bit odd. I mean, you think about, you know, Western Michigan and, and Ball State both, uh, you know, happened within a couple of days of their season concluding. So the fact that the Redhawks waited, you know, basically two weeks to make this move is, is a little bit odd. And you wonder if they won't, you know, obviously, yeah, the Travis Steele connection makes a lot of sense. But it's like if that falls through, feels like they might be behind the eight ball a little bit here trying to get someone in. And, you know, you, you mentioned it, Vansy. I think there, there, there's definitely some good that, that Jack Owens did here. I mean, you even look at just this season. I mean, you think back to November opening week, they went down to Atlanta and knocked off Georgia Tech to open the year 72-69. We think back to uh, that, you know, the, the start of conference play. They opened up conference play, went up to Buffalo and put 91 on the on the Bulls at UB Arena, won that game 91-81. I remember very clearly after them beating Buffalo in that game, I remember very clearly us talking about taking Miami seriously as a contender in the MAC this year. And it just kind of it just never, it never formulated, you know, it never um, came to fruition with, you know, they had guys, you know, Day-Day Grant, Mikhail Larry, these guys can get you a bucket whenever you need, but there just wasn't a ton of firepower behind that. So yeah, we'll certainly, we'll see what the Redhawks do here with the coaching search over the next couple of weeks. As Vansy mentioned, Travis Steele, the outgoing, uh, the outgoing Xavier coach definitely would make a lot of sense. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how that plays out if, if that connection ends up happening, and uh, we'll certainly keep an eye on that one as as well as the Western Michigan and Ball State uh, coaching searches, which which are ongoing as well. Let's move into some actual games here, Vansy. And you know, we we talked about this last week where we said that you know the MAC only one team in the the Big Dance, only one team in the NIT, but you got Ohio in the CBI, you got uh, the Kent State in the basketball classic, the Mac has a chance here to perform well in the postseason and show that they deserve more representation, you know, maybe not necessarily in the NCAA tournament, but in the NITs especially. And um, to be honest, Fancy, rough week for the Mac in hoops. I mean, Akron performed 
admirably. They played really well against UCLA Thursday night. And there was a couple minutes there where it looked like the Zips might pull that off. Didn't quite have enough firepower to close it at the end of the game. But then you look at the rest of these tournaments, Toledo gets blown out of the gym in their own, in their own gym in the first round of the NIT. Uh, they lost to Dayton, uh, 74-55. Ohio, they did win one game in the CBI against Rice in the first round where Mark Sears hit that uh, layup at the buzzer to send the Bobcats into the quarterfinals, but they followed that up with a loss to Abilene Christian. And then Kent State, they go off to Southern Utah to take on the Thunderbirds in the uh, in the first round of the Basketball Classic, and they had a lead at halftime in that game but couldn't hang on and up bowing out in the first round there too. So we had four men's basketball teams in the postseason here, Vansy, and only one win to show for it with Ohio. Uh, not, not a great week for, for, uh, for the Mac in, in men's hoops. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, Akron gave us uh, that, that great performance. I yeah. mean, that was, uh, you know, probably about the best case scenario going against a very talented uh, UCLA team and all their tradition. Um, it does feel like it's just, you know, kind of, a tough league to be in right now. You know, you have the, the majors and then you have the mid majors and, you know, you have the upper mid majors and the max seems to be a lower mid major right now. And that's something that uh, is disappointing. It felt like knowing what we know now that we needed that Akron win um, potentially to save face for the Mac. And then, you know, you get a win like that, the last three Mac schools to make the NCAA tournament have won their first round game. You win a game like that. And you can, you know, it starts starts becoming a little bit easier to talk about a two bid Mac next year. But these post postseason performances do not, uh, you know, change that narrative any, and that's disappointing. Um, you know, Akron had a chance. You know, they they really battled. They got cold late in the game. I don't know if the moment was a little too much. Uh, there was a couple of questionable calls on them. Um, you know, that made it tough. And, uh, you know, and then, then you look at some of the other games that were going on and you have to kind of wonder about the buy-in um, from the different, uh, the different teams, you know, did Kent state really want to be in whatever the basketball classic is. Yeah. You know? um, Toledo. I mean, they had four players immediately following that Dayton game uh, entered the transfer portal, you yep. know? And, and I mean, even further down uh, Peyton Sparks, a tremendous Mac player has entered the portal at ball state, you know, and, and it's uh, Bryce McBride from EMU. So it just really feels like right now we're getting into the games other, you know, the games are, are done and the season's over and we're getting into the coaching search and we're getting into all of that. And, and the eyes are away from Mac basketball. And for a little while right now, all we're going to have is negative news, you know, and that's going to be tough. All you're going to hear about is players transferring out, um, you know, and, and, and problems like that. And that's going to be tough right now. Um, and I don't know how you can change that narrative other than just the, the league as a whole needs to, rebuild and, and rebound and come back uh, next year, um, you know, and, and seek a higher conference RPI. Yeah, it uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I would love for them us to be able to talk about the Mac in the same breath as conferences like the A-10 the mountain West. I mean, the mountain West, I know the mountain West did not perform well in the mountain, in the NCAA tournament, but I mean, they had four teams to get there. The Atlantic 10, uh, as one of those, you know, upper mid majors, as you referenced, 
you know, they consistently get two, three teams in the conference or in the, in the tournament every year, excuse me. I would love to be able for us to, to put the Mac in that category. And I, I think, honestly, there's a couple programs in the Mac that it's like, they're not far away. Like if Ohio and Toledo can keep up the level of play that they've had over the last couple of seasons and, uh, you know, schools like, like, uh, like Kent state and Akron, if they can, if they can remain consistently good, if ball state can get back up there, if some of these teams can kind of get their feet underneath them, I do think we can get back to a place where there's four or five teams every year competing for the championship, going out, winning good non-conference games and getting in the conversation for at-large bids. Obviously we're not there right now. We haven't been there for a couple of years, but I'd love to be able to get back to that point. So that's why part of the reason why I, you know, I'm going to be watching these coaching searches so intently because I do feel like some of these programs, especially ball state and even throw Miami in there with their, their past success. There's a lot of potential there in a lot of these programs. So I'll be very curious to see, um, you know, how some of these coaching searches go. And I, I do think, um, you know, it's, it's, I, I, I can, see the path towards getting back towards, you know, a, a Mac where multiple bids on both sides, men's and women's are on the table. We're just not quite there yet. And I, I, so anyway, that that's me going on a little bit of a tangent there. I do, however, let's, let's, you, you mentioned Akron Vanzi, and I, I don't want to minimize what the zips did last Thursday because yeah, sure. They, they didn't get the win, but the Zips played well, man. They played hard. And there was a one point in that game. I believe there's about eight, nine minutes left in the second half where Greg Tribble hit that and one layup and put the Zips up by eight points. And there was at that at that point, I was sitting here on my couch watching that game. I was like, the Zips really can win this thing. They, I really thought they were going to win at that point some questionable calls down the stretch against them. Enrique Freeman's fifth foul that sent him to the bench with about three minutes left. Didn't necessarily agree with that foul. There was a, uh, there was also a, a borderline block charge call that went as they, they charged a Aziz Bandago from, uh, from Akron with a, with the, with a block on the play. I didn't agree with that call either. And I felt like both of those calls were very, um, crucial to UCLA kind of pulling away at the end there, but man, Vanzi, this Akron team, I mean, talk about a program with, you know, good positioning right now. They gave UCLA all they could handle. And this is a team that has pretty much everybody coming back next year. Brian Trimble, who hasn't been with the team for the last couple of weeks, he did announce the other day that he is officially going to transfer but other than him, I mean, Xavier Castaneda, Greg Tribble, uh, Ali Ali, Enrique Freeman, all underclassmen, all going to be back next year. You know, if I'm a Zips fan, I'm first of all, I'm proud of the way they performed on Thursday night again, you know, on the national stage because they, they couldn't have played any harder. But secondly, I'm very excited for the future of this program because, you know, you've talked up John Gross all year and I agree with you. He's a phenomenal coach. He's built a phenomenal program there. I see the Zips as I, I don't know, maybe, maybe calling them the preseason favorite in the Mac next year is a little bit premature, but they got to be in the top two. Well, yeah. And I, I mean, I think, you know, you mentioned John Gross and the success that he's had at Ohio and a little bit at Illinois. Uh, the moment wasn't too big for him. It wasn't too big for his staff. It wasn't too big for his players. I thought it was a tremendous game plan. Um, one thing, you know, but I mean, man, we still have so much more of the off season to yeah. go. And, uh, you know, yeah, they're all coming back. They're all coming back right now. You know, um, the opportunity to transfer up, you know, different things of that nature. You know, we're not really into the declaring, you know, for the professional ranks period of the offseason yet. There's a lot that can happen. I know, you know, you, you had a lot of guys transferring out of programs, 
uh, midsummer last year. So, I, you know, but definitely I think you got to put them as one of the favorites. They're real close to kind of having that culture that we talk about all the time uh, where you expect them to win. But let's not gloss over UCLA. Akron almost beats them. UCLA plays a very good St. Mary's team, which just a couple weeks ago beat Gonzaga. Yeah. And UCLA, who was in the, in the Final Four last year, pretty much blows out St. Mary's. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's you know, you start getting into the moral victories. Well, you know, we were closer than this team and that team and this and that, and it's real sketchy. But I do think you got to take some solace. I mean, we're here on the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. And, uh, you know, what tomorrow or Friday, UCLA still has a game and they barely have a game because Akron almost beat them. Totally agree with you. I think the the Zips uh, played UCLA just as well, if not better than than the Gales did. I mean, UCLA took the lead there. You, uh, St. Mary's got out to an early lead, but UCLA took the lead there with about six minutes left in the first quarter, first half, excuse me. And they never gave that lead back. You know, there was one point there in the second half where uh, St. Mary's cut it to one, I believe. But then, I mean, after that, UCLA kind of asserted their will. They, you know, St. Mary's was never able to throw a counter punch at UCLA when the Bruins came at them, which I felt like the Zips really did. So I, I can't, you know, give enough praise to, to John Gross and his program for the way they played last Thursday night. Really, um, it was really kind of, it was tough to, to not see them be able to pull that game out because I really felt like they played well enough and deserved it. So, um, so anyway, the, the Zips uh, season ends in defeat. However, a lot to, to look forward to there uh, on campus in, in Northeast Ohio for the uh, for, for Akron. So um, let's before we jump into the women's side of things here, Vansy, let's take a quick look at our uh, our, our uh, podcast, the, the, the bandwagon bracket challenge. We had for anyone that's uh, that's following along here, we had 44 people enter this. Uh, enter this and we got I mean pretty much everybody's still in it got a couple people way down at the bottom that they're not they're, you know I don't think they have much of a chance left Vanzi, I gotta be honest I had Iowa in the final four so Richmond uh, knocking them off you know my, my my chances of winning I think lasted you know about three hours until Richmond uh, pulled off that upset over the Hawkeyes other than that though I mean I'm still I'm still you know I got three of my four final four teams left I had Arizona winning it all We'll see how that ends up going. I don't know. How, how do you feel about your bracket so far? Well, I mean, you know, the, real quick, we we're kind of looking at this the other day and I, I see that I'm, I'm sixth on there and I I'm real surprised that I'm sixth. I mean, cause I just feel like my bracket's been trash. I mean, I've had a, a lot of teams losing. Uh, nobody had St. Peter's really, um, yeah. you know, I, I had Kentucky going deep. Um, you know, I had the Tennessee getting past my Wolverines, you know, and I had Auburn. So it's real surprising, but I, I just, I was kind of looking at it and I just, I, you know, we, we had, and, and I love the people getting involved in all of that, but you're talking about a free bracket pool and we had individuals, uh, not going to mention their handles, but we had individuals do eight or nine or however many brackets for a free bracket pool. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're, you're not, you're just getting bragging rights, but now, you know, you got me here on the podcast kind of talking like, well, Hey, you know, you're getting bragging rights. No, if it takes you eight brackets to win, you don't get any bragging rights. You know, I mean, that's, I, I don't know. I thought that was a little interesting. Cause uh, you know, I mean, we had 44 um, entries, but really it was probably somewhere in the thirties. I don't know. I, I just, I've never understood uh, the multiple bracket people 
um, you know, even for the money ones, you know, yeah. like if you're confident in your picks, you know, just, just roll with it. But, uh, you know, that, that's my soapbox. You know, <laughs> I only get the, I only get to get on that soapbox once a year and that's in March. So. Yeah, no, I I'm with you. I'm always the per- type of person where it's like, I never understood these people who it's like, they'll come up with three different brackets and with, you know, different picks for me, it's like, I like the way this, I, you know, I'm going to pick a game based on the way I think it is. If I make multiple brackets, they're all going to be the same. I'm going to make the same picks. I'm going to stand by my picks, you know? So yeah, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. So, uh, as of right now, uh, actually one of my, my good friends, uh, Mike is in sitting in first place. Uh, he has a, a max on his bracket of 1480 though. So he has Duke going all the way. A lot of people, uh, have a projected max points of, of more than that though. So it's still very much up in the air, uh, for, uh, for, for the bracket challenge here. So whoever ends up winning this, they're going to get a, quite a shout out here on the show in a couple weeks. And, and I actually, I, 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 I can't even believe I have to say this, but, but, but Twitter never ceases to amaze me. I just need to clarify this. Okay. I tweeted out a couple of weeks ago that the, the, the first place prize for our bracket challenge here is a hundred million dollars. Again, I can't even believe I have to clarify this on the air, but I had a couple of people reach out to me. The winner of this is not really getting a hundred million dollars. Okay. I know we have millions of fans. I know this is a huge platform here. We don't got that kind of money here at the hustle belt. Okay. We're not cutting that type of check. You'll get a shout out on the podcast. It's almost, I, I don't know. I, I would say a shout out on this podcast, Vanzi, with our huge audience. That's worth all, almost a hundred mil. Yeah. I mean, you know, I just, you got, you got to count your blessings, you know, and, uh, <laughs> Um, you that's know, right. I mean, it, that's it, right. So you know, anyway, we'll, uh, we'll keep, uh, we'll keep our eye on that. Uh, if you're, if you're involved in it, I'm, I'm sure you'll be keeping an eye on it too. Got the, the sweet 16 tipping off on tipping off on Thursday night. So, uh, games to get to in, in, in not, uh, in, in the very near future here. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's move into the women's side of things here, Vansy. Um, and we'll start, I mean, I would say a similar story on the women's side of things as it was on the men's. Uh, some, you know, some MAC teams, we had five max, MAC teams in the women's NIT. Uh, only two of them uh, advanced into the second round. They just so happened to be the two teams that were right next to each other on the bracket, ended up playing each other in the second round. So we got Toledo into the third round of the NIT here uh, after they knocked off Kent State in the second round. But I think... Similar on the men's side, uh, as, as you know, we talked about on the men's side here, Vanzi, for women's, I think the best performance of the weekend came in defeat with, with Buffalo and the, and the Bulls, you know, they traveled down to Knoxville to take on Tennessee in Tennessee's home arena. And man, Vanzi, the Bulls were right there for a better part of three quarters in this game. They had the lead there late in the first half. The third quarter went back and forth a little bit. Tennessee did end up pulling away a little bit at the end. Uh, final score there, 80 to 67. The Vols ended up winning uh, over, over, the, uh, over the Bulls. But I mean, you know, you look at this game, Vanzi, uh, I would say you could tell watching this game on TV, Tennessee knew that when it comes to Buffalo, 
It all starts and ends with Diasha Fair. Diasha Fair, she still got her. She still had 25 points. The efficiency wasn't quite where we were used to it with her, though. It's only 10 for 28 from the field, uh, just a little bit over 30%. And, um, you know, she did have seven assists, only two, two turnovers. I'm not saying by any means that she played a bad game. I'm just saying you could tell. I mean, Tennessee was double teaming her. They weren't letting her get open. They clearly had that as a part of their game plan. And yet still... Buffalo gave this team all they could handle. Similar to what I said about Akron on the men's side, Vanzi, I don't think the, the, the Bulls have anything to be ashamed of with the way they performed down there in Knoxville on Saturday. No, and you got you kind of have to wonder. I mean, you know, it's a it's a tough uh, thing that they have. You know, it's a great reward for some of these schools to have a great season. But you got to kind of wonder what if that's at a neutral site? You know, right. I mean, what, what could have been? Um, Tennessee, one of the great brands in women's college hoops and uh, – you know, to, to be that competitive down in, in their house. And we, we talked about how they put the, the lady vowels on the court uh, with the Tennessee T and the checkered board and, and Pat summit court and all that. That's a tough environment. And it was, it was very cool. It had national TV. I mean, ABC um, and the C dash affair, get hers and to kind of have her moment in the sun, kind of like we had hoped we'd see Ryan Rollins get on, on the men's side. So that, that was a, a tremendous showcase for Buffalo. Buffalo was in some pretty cool tournaments early on in the season. And that program continues to grow in its respect and nationally. And I think you're going to see more of that uh, next year. You know, it's going to become easier and easier for the, them to become a top 25 uh, program. And, uh, you know, we'll, um, you know, so good, good to see that from them, a good effort, uh, would have liked to have gotten the upset, but, uh, you know, that's, that's a hard one to come by. Yeah, it certainly is. And you look at Tennessee, um, they defeated Belmont in the second round, uh, just on, on Monday. So they're moving on to take on, uh, one seed Louisville in the sweet 16 here. So similar to what we were saying about UCLA on the men's side of things, the lady volunteers, they knocked off the bulls and then they're still rolling. So, um, we'll see, uh, we'll see how they do. I think as Mac fans, I think we're obligated now to be cheering for, uh, for UCLA and for Tennessee, the rest of the way here, see if we can get, you know, uh, make us feel a little bit better about, about those losses. But then, Vansy, we look at, I mean, we look at the NIT, the women's NIT here. As I mentioned, five teams from the MAC made the WNIT this year. Unfortunately, the only two teams that won, like I mentioned, were the teams that happened to be right next to each other on the bracket. So they not they played each other in the second round. But I mean, outside of that, I not not a great showing, similar to what we saw on the men's side. I mean, Ohio went up to Brookings, South Dakota to take on South Dakota State. That one was never in question. South Dakota State wins that one 87 to 57. Akron went down to uh, to uh, Winston-Salem, uh, North Carolina, take on Wake Forest. That one was a little bit closer. The, the Zips hung with the, the, the Demon Deacons there for quite a while. Uh, Wake Forest did pull away, though, 71-59. Uh, Kent State traveled just down the road to Youngstown State, knocked off the Penguins uh, in the first round, 68-59. That earned them a second-round matchup with Toledo, who knocked off uh, Houston Baptist in the first round. And then Ball State, uh, their their reward for their good season, they traveled up to Milwaukee to take on Marquette and uh, the Golden Eagles, just a little bit too much for the Cardinals. 93 to 70, Marquette knocked them off. As I mentioned in the second round, Toledo knocked off Kent State 79 to 59 uh, on Monday night. And their, uh, their reward for that, they are taking on the aforementioned Marquette Golden Eagles Thursday evening, eight o'clock. Uh, the, the, the Rockets will travel up to Milwaukee uh, to take them on. And then 
Vansy, the only other team we had in the uh, in the MAC on the women's side of things in the postseason here, Bowling Green. Uh, they were in the the w, WBI as we uh, mentioned last week down at Transylvania University. They traveled all the way to Germany for that tournament. I can't believe it, but uh, <laughs> but um, they 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 performed. You know, they they perf- acquitted themselves pretty well. Uh, knocked off Furman eighty two sixty one in the first round. They uh, lost to St. Mary's in the second round, 76-67. St. Mary's would go on to win that whole tournament. And then Bowling Green in the third place game uh, the other night, they did uh, get back to their winning ways. They finished their season with a victory, knocked off uh, the Nevada Wolfpack uh, in the third place game, uh, 73-65. to So I think, you know, for, for a team like Bowling Green, Vansy, where they were very kind of, kind of middle of the pack all year, for a team like that, Clearly, a, a postseason tournament like the WBI, this, this was a good thing for that team, right? They won two games. They extended their season by a little bit. They come in third place. I know it's not the same as going to the NCAA tournament, but to be able to end your season on a winning note, even in a third place game, you go into this postseason tournament, you win two games. That's not the worst end of the season for a team like Bowling Green, who was, you know, very you know, kind of middle of the pack all year. Yeah, no, good for them, uh, you know, to get kind of a good taste in their mouth uh, to kind of end that tournament, to end their season. Um, hopefully something they can build on. And yeah, just when you go through the results, it wasn't a banner uh, series for the Mac as far as, you know, women's postseason games. Um, Toledo continues to show that they were absolutely snubbed by the NCAA yeah. uh, Women's Committee. I mean, they they should have been in, uh, in the NCAA tournament. Um, you know, yes, you know, they beat Kent State. I wish they would have played somebody else. I mean, not just for Kent State's sake, but also just so you could kind of advance the narrative that, hey, look, Toledo is for real. They're going to have a great test um, against a very good Marquette woman uh, Golden Eagles team up there in Milwaukee who beat Ball State. Uh, Marquette's lost 10 games on the year, though, and Toledo's lost five. So, you know, um, also, can we get these games on something better than whatever flow sports is? Yeah, I, would like, I agree. I would, I would like to watch this. This is a women's NIT and you got to, you know, subscribe to flow sports. I just, I, you know, it just, it seems like that should be on one of the 18 ESPN uh, networks there potentially um, not a great showing though for a league as a whole, um, but Buffalo's performance, Toledo's performance, and, and really, I mean, Kent state getting a postseason win and in Bowling Green in their tournament, uh, you know, kind of gives you a good taste. I do have to caution. You made the joke about they went to Germany. Now you're going to get somebody on Twitter who's saying, well, hold on now. They didn't actually go to Germany to Transylvania. You know, they're actually in Kentucky. So, you know, um, satire is sometimes lost on, uh, on some. It's yeah, you're, you're not wrong. Th- thank you for the clarification. Now, Cause you're right. I, I'm sure we would have gotten that comment on Twitter and to, to, Piggyback off of your comment about, you know, you wish these games were televised, didn't have to subscribe to Flow Sports. I'm flipping through the channels on Sunday afternoon. ESPN2 has freaking cornhole on. You're telling me that you can televise cornhole on ESPN2 and you can't find space for some women's NIT games or even, you know, men's NIT games or CBI games or something. ESPN Plus, you don't even, I mean, there's there's unlimited amount of games on ESPN Plus. I can watch, I can watch like, I can watch, you know, NCAA Division II water polo on ESPN Plus and I can't watch a women's NIT game. It's, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm with you I, because I would love to watch Toledo take on Marquette uh, Thursday night, but there's, there's no option for it. There's nowhere to watch it unless I want to subscribe to Flow Sports, which 
I subscribe to enough stuff already. I already got enough money spent on ESPN plus and all these other subscription services. I don't need to add another one to that list. So yes, I'm with you there, fancy. So, um, the, the, the basketball season here for the Mac has officially concluded with all Mac teams out. Well, I shouldn't say that. We still got Toledo going on the women's side of things, so we'll keep an eye on that. Outside of that, though, they're the only team flying the, the, the banner for the Mac right now on the men's or the women's side. So that means for us it is time to more or less uh, turn the, the, the calendar back to baseball. Vansy, we, we stepped away from baseball here for a few weeks uh, because we had, you know, the, the conference basketball tournaments and March Madness here over the last few weeks. So figure we could take a couple minutes here at the end of the show, kind of get ourselves reacquainted with the baseball standings, talk about what's gone on in the last couple of weeks and, you know, what we're looking forward to here. So Vansy, what do you, what do you, let's, let's take a look at the standings here. Conference play has begun over these last couple of weeks. Now, a couple of weeks ago, last time we talked about baseball, we were talking about how we were waiting to see, you know, some of the teams that were favorites in the conference, right? Central Michigan, uh, you know, K- Kent State, Ball State. They, they, you know, some of them, they had some, some tough performances against some, some really good opponents uh, in, the, in, in the non-conference portion of the schedule. For the most part, it seems like those teams are starting to hit their stride. Ball State sitting at 7-1 in the conference. Central Michigan, 5-1. They're sitting at first and second right now. Um, Kent State has stumbled out of, of the gate a little bit in, in MAC play, sitting at two and four. But I mean, you got Ohio at four and two, Akron at five and three. Those are two, um, I, I would say those are two surprises right there. What do you think your initial reactions right now as you look at the MAC standings and look at what's happened over the last couple of weeks, Fancy? Well, I think as a whole, you got to be, you know, when you look at outside of the conference record, you have to be a little bit disappointed that there's only three schools overall with winning winning records, mm-hmm. Ball State, Central, and Ohio, and that's factoring in the non-conference play. Uh, I think for me, the other big story is weather. Uh, you know, we got a full assortment of games this weekend. Um, you know, I know being here in Michigan, uh, you know, I was looking at uh, Eastern Michigan plays Akron. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go to the ballpark. I'm going to go up to Australia. I'm going to sit down. I'm going to have a hot dog. I'm going to watch the ball game. Looked at the weather and it's supposed to be cold, snowy, windy, you know, and, and rainy and all those things. Um, you know, so it's going to be tough to get in a lot of games throughout the Midwest, uh, this upcoming weekend. Um, you know, so that's a little bit disappointing. Um, but further than that, you know, so that you're going to see some kind of some teams playing more games, some teams playing less, and it'll be interesting. Um, but furthermore than that, I think when you look at the standings all season, we said Ball State and Central, not in that order, Central Ball State, uh, Central led uh, right now by Jordan Petty, the phenomenal pitcher. And that's that's been what it has been. You know, Central's probably, you know, they're they're one and two, you know, and that's just how everyone kind of expected the Mac to go. So in, in that aspect, there has been no real surprise. Yeah, certainly. And it, it does seem like the, the cream is starting to rise to, to the top of the heap here. Uh, you look at, I mean, even this past weekend, we had a, you know, a full slate of, of conference games and, you know, you mentioned ball state and central Michigan, both of them got the sweet ball state swept bowling green who the, 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 the Falcons struggling a little bit right now. They're sitting at the bottom of the standings. zero and eight in the Mac and then uh, central Michigan, 
swept Miami that included a 13 to one victory on, uh, on, on Monday. So, I mean, the Cardinals and the Chippewas right now, you know, you mentioned the strong pitching for, for central Michigan. Uh, they, they seem to be at the, at the top of the heap right now. Uh, any, any, like, uh, I guess any individual performances here this past weekend, Vanzi, that, that kind of caught your attention. I mean, you look at the players of the week here, Matthew Rivera, the, the caught the, uh, catcher from ball state and hitting the cover off the ball right now, as is AJ Roush, Ohio, the red shirt freshman a couple of really good performances there anything else this week that kind of stood out to you yeah I mean I, I really liked uh you know Jordan Patty from uh Central Michigan eight shutout innings allowed just three hits uh in the in uh, the Friday uh two nothing victory over Miami eight strikeouts one walk phenomenal performance um and then uh you know AJ Roush from Ohio uh you know the performance that he had he's gone you know nine for 17 on the week um, he played at, uh, you know, uh, I'll probably pronounce it wrong, but Olentangy Liberty, which is a tremendous high school baseball program uh, in the state of Ohio, which is cool to see. And, uh, you know, and um, so, you know, one of the things that has been cool is you've seen players from different schools get these awards. And, uh, you know, and, and when you look at them this week, you know, you have a senior, you have a redshirt freshman, you have a junior, there's a lot of different talent uh, coming up through the ranks, you know, so, you know, the, the Mac definitely has some players worth keeping an eye on. Certainly does. Certainly does. So, uh, yeah, so we are, we are full into uh, conference play here in the Mac right now. Com- I feel like non-conference season in baseball to me seems pretty condensed. I have never followed college baseball quite as closely as I am this year, but it felt to me like non-conference play. It was like two weeks done. You're on to your conference games. I'm not saying I'm mad at that. It's just a, a little bit different than uh, what I'm used to with, you know, basketball and some other sports where it's like almost, it seems like a third of the season is uh is you know non-conference games let's take a look at the the weekend ahead here vanzi uh got some interesting conference matchups here this week for the most part we have conference matchups this week we got kent state traveling to northern illinois miami traveling to toledo the aforementioned akron zips who one of the best stories of the young season in the mac right now currently sitting at five and three they travel up uh travel up your way vanzi heading up to ypsilanti to take on eastern michigan ball state traveling to kalamazoo to take on western michigan uh, Ohio traveling up uh, to Northwest Ohio to take on Bowling Green and then Central Michigan, uh, the one team with a, a non-conference uh, series this weekend. They're going to take travel down to Iowa City, take on Iowa out of the Big Ten. Uh, that's certainly an interesting matchup there. Uh, what do you think, Vanzi? Any, any of these matchups on the slate for this weekend uh, kind of catch your attention? Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you get an opportunity, it's a Big Ten school, you know, Central Michigan going to Iowa. I think that's a a potential statement game, or in this case, a statement series. Um, Ball State against Western. Western's played some good baseball. I think that's a challenge. Um, Akron and Eastern Michigan, they're they're more similar than you would think right now. Uh, Eastern Michigan off uh, off to a pretty poor start to the season. So I think that's something, uh, you know, where you're going to kind of get a litmus test for those schools uh, on the bottom part there and in Kent State they've been disappointing early so you know opportunity there against Northern Illinois uh, for NIU to potentially make some statements there and uh, you know and then I mean you know like going in the next week you know you have uh, Northern Illinois at uh, Notre Dame Bowling Green at Michigan State Toledo Ohio State 
you know, so you're going to have a lot of these. And that's one of the things you talked about, you know, like college baseball. That's one of the things because you have your conference series, usually Friday, Saturday, Sunday, sometimes into Monday with weather. But then you usually have like a one off uh, midweek game. And, uh, you know, you get to see a little bit of that, uh, you know, where they're playing a Big Ten team uh, somewhat close by. Gotcha. Yeah. And that, and that makes a lot of sense. Now that you say that I have seen a lot of those midweek games. I know Kent state was actually supposed to be here in Pittsburgh uh, yesterday, taking on Pitt, but uh, Western Pennsylvania weather here at the end of March, you never know what you're going to get. Didn't quite cooperate. That game got canceled, unfortunately. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you though, Vanzi. I'm, I'll be curious to see how central Michigan is able to acquit themselves heading down to Iowa city. Uh, I was Iowa, you know, looking at their schedule right now, they've, they've had some, some questionable results thus far this year. I mean, they've lost games to, um, you know, they lost to a game against Loras College. I've never heard, even heard of. I don't know if they're D2 or D3 or what. Lost a game to Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, lost to Wichita State. Uh, they did play one game against the Mac school back at the beginning of the season, knocked off Ball State 11-1. to So we'll see if uh, the Chippewas can fare a little bit better against the Hawkeyes this weekend down in Iowa City. Uh, Vanzi, I think that that's, we're at the end of the rundown here this week. Uh, before we get out of here, want to hear your thoughts on, uh, on the sweet 16 matchups this weekend. How do you see your, uh, your Wolverines faring against Villanova and, and any other matchups you have, uh, have your eye on this weekend? Well, I just, and I can't go against, uh, you know, the, the Wolverines, I got to keep, you know, rolling with them. Uh, you know, I mean, the year after the final four game or the national championship game, they had a tremendous performance against Jay Wright. That was, uh, you know, early in the season. So I hope that that keeps rolling and then you keep seeing things like that from them uh, would make my week if they win. The other game that I was pretty excited about um, was North Carolina, uh, UCLA, and then, yeah. uh, you know, the St. Peter's game. I mean, how about those? What do we got to do to get the St. Peter's Peacock? into the Mac. I mean, can, can we make the, can we make that official? Like, do we have the power? I mean, I'm sure if we tweeted out, someone would think it's official and it it would just have to be Canyon at that point. I mean, that we had all those affiliate, I mean, affiliate members have been a thing in the Mac and there's affiliate members in other sports. Bring them on board. Buffalo needs a travel partner, need another East Coast school to give, you know, the Bulls someone that's not not quite so far away. I'm all for that. I would love it. I love watching this team. I, I that that game against Kentucky, that first round game on uh, what was that Friday night? There was at least like 10 different times in that game where I was like, OK, Kentucky's about to run away with from this, you know, from this team. And. St. Peter's just every time. I mean, incredible defense. I love their, their shot blocking ability. You got to love watching a team like that. I'm, I'm certainly going to be tuned into their game uh, Friday night when they take on uh, who they play. They're taking on yeah Purdue Friday night. So certainly a tall task for them there, but I mean, so was Kentucky. Uh, I, you know, I think another game Vanzi, I, I don't know about you. Maybe I'm in the minority here, but I don't think I am. I'm so sick of hearing about coach K and his retirement tour I'm so ready for somebody to beat them. So I don't have to hear about it anymore. I hope it's Texas tech on Thursday night, but I I don't know. I don't know. Duke. I mean, they're traveling out to the West coast. I was reading something earlier about how Duke has traditionally not played well in the, on, you know, in the, in the Pacific time zone. I really hope the red Raiders can pull it off because I don't know how much more coach K talk I can, I can handle Vansy. I'm, I'm just being honest. Yeah, Michigan State, they had come so close to it. I, I don't know how they, they didn't pull that one out and how, I mean, I gotta say, how are schools not lining up the higher the St. Peter's coach? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, and, and, and then, and you look at them playing Purdue now, 
I mean, Purdue has a history of choking. Yeah, you know? you're right. And, and right. Right now, other than really probably Michigan, you know, the Big Ten in recent tournaments has a history of choking. I mean, I don't think anyone's shed a tear for Fran McCaffrey, a.k.a. the coach. <laughs> yeah. of the you know, he's got probably the most punchable face of any coach in America. 100%. You know, and, uh, you know, and uh, so I don't think, you know, so the Big Ten, I mean, that's been a sketchy conference. Could potentially, could St. Peter's go to the lead eight? I mean, oh. I would love it, honestly. You you mentioned St. Peter's coach and people lining up for him. One thing I was reading earlier, so Shaheen Holloway, St. Peter's coach, he was a he, he went to he was a point guard for Seton Hall back in the early 2000s. Seton Hall's coach Kevin Willard, he just left to go to Maryland. Just they just announced that yesterday. So that almost makes too much sense to me. We'll see if he makes that short trip down the Jersey Turnpike to, to South Orange to take that Seton Hall job. But then the other thing you mentioned there with with Iowa and the Big Ten, just generally speaking, choking somewhat in the tournament. I mentioned a couple minutes ago, I picked Iowa to go to the Final Four just because of how well they played to end the season, how well they played in the Big Ten tournament. And as I was sitting there watching them lose that game to Richmond, I was literally sitting on my couch. All I was, all I could think to myself was, what the hell was I thinking? Like, what did I expect from Iowa? This is what they always do in the tournament. And it bit me. It came back to bite me. So what are you going to do? You can't win them all. Nonetheless, up for we got another great slate of basketball coming up this weekend. Hope you all enjoy it. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, more, more, some more baseball talk. We'll figure out some other good stuff to throw in there as well. Thank you all for stopping by this week. He is Zach Manuenzi. I am Zach Polidor. This has been episode 89 of the Mid American Bandwagon Podcast. Have a great weekend, folks. We'll see you all again, uh, next week.